Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. But yeah, it is the right, right, boys, boys, the right got, outcome. Boys, Phil. Tim, yeah. we've got to stop talking. Right. We've pretty much done a whole podcast <laughs> and we've recorded nothing. All right, okay. Right, here we go. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast on the eggiest day of the year, the Easter weekend. Oh, yeah. European Championship Cup and Challenge Cup quarterfinals. Uh, so we're back in the rugby dungeon, dungeon on Easter Monday, giving up this this holy day, guys, and a family day. He has, he has risen. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be with you, uh, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. How are you doing, JB? I'm very well, thank you, Tim. Philip, happy Easter. Happy Easter, Tim. Uh, right. What a weekend. What have you been up to? I don't even know where you've been. All I know is Phil's lost a phone. It's a blur, <laughs> mate. It's a blur. I've been out three three times over Easter, which is unheard of for a man of 33. Um I feel incredibly hungover, and somewhere in that, I've played. I've played a game of rugby. I've watched at least three games. I've watched some rugby league. Done all sorts, mate. All is, sorts. Your missus and, and child away. Uh, child is currently being looked after by some neighbours. <laughs> playing and uh, laying next door. Ah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So they, so they were here while you had three nights out and watched loads of rugby. That's, Correct, that's yeah. impressive, mate. <laughs> that's good going. Yeah, it is. It's not bad, is it, Phil? Uh, I've been walking in North Wales. Lovely. Uh, Hence, you had a lack of signal for a lot of it. Well, it's not like a signal. My uh, two and a half year old phone just decided to give up the ghost. Ah. It's been kind of on its last legs for a while, and I've been eking it out, and then just gave up on Friday afternoon. So, no signal. Been disconnected from uh, you two via WhatsApp, but very much connected into the rugby world by watching every game. Same, same. And I I had the joy of watching all uh, a lot of the games just on a phone. On some patchy Wi-Fi <laughs> in the Forest of Dean. But, um, oh, very nice. Well, you've done some travelling. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lenethley. Sorry, how am I going to say that? Lenethley. I've got a serious question for you about that, right? A really, it's a bloody long way away from anywhere, <laughs> that place. Isn't it? My well, goodness me. You sort of think, oh, it's just just a little bit past Cardiff. No, no. No. No, no, no. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I have this experience because I'm from North Wales. And basically, you know... Wherever you're going, add the extra hour just to get out of North Wales. Oh. Is that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, and now here's a serious, serious question for you about Flanathley. Has that stadium ever been full? I mean, I know it was full on the weekend, but has it ever? Have you ever seen it full? Besides that, never seen it full. I believe for the final pool match, it may have been full, but mm. this had an extra one thousand seats put oh. in. Did it? 
uh, to meet the minimum standard criteria for a quarterfinal venue. They wow. had to put extra seats in front of the two stands at each end. I did not know that. Um, Were they just like dining room chairs from the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the <owners. laughs> Those school benches. Yeah. Um, so... I think it was it was rammed and rocking. Good because I think the one thing Wales lacks is a ground with real atmosphere. I mean, Cardiff don't do it. Ospreys don't really do it. Dragons are dragons, um, but for Lethley, I really think or Scarlets, I should call them, um, that it, that could be like Wales is Munster. Yes, if they could just get it together and yeah. people start supporting that team, I think the enthusiasm is slowly returning. I I, I think you could tell from. The way that coaches and players and other people around spoke about that game is clearly very, very rare to have it even remotely anywhere near full. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know how how achievable it is to to expect that stadium to happen outside of big occasions like that. Well, they're playing nice rugby. They're yeah, successful. That's, they do. that's all you need, really. They do. It is. They're winning things. So why and- why aren't people watching Pro 14 games there? Couldn't I couldn't say. I mean, they do watch some Pro, pro 14 games, don't they? I mean, like, well, Munster and Leinster do, all right? You can't expect them. If they were averaging 3,000 or 4,000, I, I don't know what it is, but let's say four years ago they were averaging 3,000, 4,000. They might now be averaging 5,000, 6,000, mm. which is, it's all the correct progression. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd so. like to see that. Well, uh, success in nice rugby will basically close down this myopic club versus region debate which these idiots continually have over and over again well the scarlets the basically Scar- st- stifles welsh rugby the scarlets region has it and cardiff i suppose has has that benefit of it's not amalgamated anything it's just stayed it like it was yeah. it was it was like it was Neith- Neith- scarlets, and now it's scarlets for the region but effectively it's the same team yeah i i never used to like scarlets because they used to they used to tell me that they were my region. It was a four-hour bloody car ride from I didn't know <laughs> to Parky Scarlets. No thanks, I'm good. Or Straddy Park in, uh, back in the day. Just generally, the weekend's games were absolutely outstanding. Weren't they? Oh, there was, yeah. I mean, probably, well, Leinster Saracens was the one where the, the result was decided the soonest. But even then, that took 55 minutes yeah. before was that Leinster James, really pressed the foot down. It was that James Lowe try that really sealed that one, yeah. wasn't it? Shall we talk about the first game then, the Scarlet's game? Because that, uh, that for me was the most enjoyable. Do you, do you think? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I, I thought like just the intelligence of the Scarlet's forwards was um, not the intelligence, just the guile. Um, well, I, I can never say they, they were streetwise. Yeah, I give like, them that. Like they, they, they were collapsing malls illegally uh, all over the place. But, yeah, but they played. They played the. Was it McLeod? They managed it brilliantly. Who was the second row? Like he just nips in front, uh, front of the line out jumper, steals the ball, just just like he's a you know a, um, a kid in a schoolyard. Probably more than like Cheers. A Tag I love that. Yeah, his no, line. It, it was a replacement. I'm sure. Sure, it was. It, it was McLeod. Tag Burn had an amazing game. Yeah, absolutely Burn, amazing game. Burn was exceptional. I'm not even sure he could do that for another team. I think it's just the way the Scarlet team is put together. We're see what they ask him to do. Yeah. He's not. He's not a big physical presence, is he? Or is he's he? not. He's not enormous. Oh, he doesn't look enormous. No. He just looks like a bloke. He looks like a slightly larger than average well, bloke. But he's really intelligent. Yeah. Yes. He's got There's that no speed that. of mind. Um. So he's, he's he does beautiful offloads. He cuts lo- really intelligent lines, which is why he manages to make ground because he's not trying to run over someone. He, he'll he'll find the space and he'll time it well. And he makes brilliant decisions in lineouts. So again, he he's like like Richie McCaw with breakdowns he's like that in in mall defense he'll quite often be just about legal possibly illegal yeah. but manages to get away with it yeah uh, so, uh, so scarlets 
are actually, despite all their offloading and beautiful rugby, they're actually a very well-balanced team. I mean, the improvement throughout the whole team is magnif- magnificent. The guy who stood out for me uh, was, um, oh, what's his name, uh, Samson Lee. Because well, he's just got so much better. I mean, the, don't get me wrong, he's not a world-beating tight tight prop, but he can scrimmage well, and he now contributes an awful, an awful lot more. Well, they did handle. well in the scrum, bearing in mind, La Rochelle are the best in the top 14. So, yeah. Is that right? So, mm. two, two things on that. So, Samson Lee can actually handle the ball, yeah. which I never thought I'd say. Yeah. Uh, they actually use him as that pivot, as they use everyone, but he's adept at that. They can all do it. But, but they're scrummaging. So, they, they were talking before the game about the strength and La Rochelle being number one. And just the size of that front row is enormous. Mm. And Scarlet's held them. Well, at, t- at times, Scarlet's were getting under them and on top of them. Well, the wake-up call for me for Scarlet's was when they absolutely destroyed Bath in the scrum. Bath came to town with Henry Thomas, Tom Dern, and... Who's the other one? Ben O'Barno. These are all highly rated future England, England guys, if not already England guys in the case of Henry Thomas. And they just got absolutely annihilated. So, a far more balanced team than... Uh, uh, their than scramble defence was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, um, yeah, very much like Wales have have had that in their locker for a few, quite a few years now. Scarlets have, have definitely got that, where they, they, they just work rate is immense. I did think, well, my gut feeling overall was they very much... Scarlets, they deserved to win because they were smarter, shrewder, more together... Mm. They definitely got the rub of the green decisions wise. I, my general sense stood there watching it was it was, I don't know. It, it felt like they were getting the fifty fifties go their way. Yeah, well, that's, that's why, home advantage. That's right? why yeah. home home advantage. Scarlets. So you, you said it was a really enjoyable game. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the game. I would have been frustrated if I were a Scarlets fan. Were it not for the last twenty minutes where they kind of yeah. broke free because there was so many times. So they only scored after the first try after 61 minutes. There's so many times before that where they just got a few phases together. They're just starting to make the yard and getting the, the breaks and offloads. And either a big hit would come in from La Rochelle or uncharacteristically from what I've seen in the Scarlets this year and last year, they'd put the ball down. They'd yeah. knock on. The ball wouldn't quite go to hand. And you kind of felt until they got that try after 61 minutes that this could go either way. Yeah. It's just it might not quite be their day. Well, La Rochelle, in fairness basically penalised themselves out, out of the game. I mean, for the first half, I think it was all Scarlet's kicks, which, which were keep, keeping them yeah, in the game. As I say, generally speaking, yeah, their indiscipline was poor. I think they, they held their hands up and said that, and it, it, and, and it cost them. There, there were some there were some 50-50s that I thought. There were some that even got penalised against La Rochelle that, sh- in my opinion, should have been an exa- 100% reversal. Yeah, but, there were several. And Bottier going off early. But even before the game, like Scarlets had twelve full internationals that, that had played in the Six Nations into, into their side that had all that had mostly, bar a couple of players, all had a, a, week. a, a week off. Mm. Yeah, haven't played for Scarlets since the game against Toulon. Um, I'm not a fan of that at all. But that seems to be working. But that's but that's yeah. what, that, that's that's the reality. Um, La Rochelle, on the other hand, most of their team, the vast majority of their team, I think twelve of them played last week against Bordeaux in a massively important league game and they're missing uh, Eaton yep. Victor Vito, Victor Vito. That's the one, yeah. um, Bo- um, Bossy Brock James, Brock James they're, they're, Ryan Lamb uh, Ryan, Ryan Lamb was travelling reserve but they're was missing they? fly halves they're missing imp- really important players I'm forgetting some of the others but they're missing massively important players well they didn't even, uh, even start go- good on I don't know why he's only just coming back from injury was that, but he looks class right? when he came he's on he's bloody brilliant yeah so I, I think another day La, Roche- La Rochelle actually for a first run in the Champions Cup 
quarterfinal and not not really losing until the last mm. ten minutes properly. Um, they're not bad, are they? No, they're not it's bad. Been, at it's all. been a good year. Yeah, but Scarlet's a very exciting team yeah. to go forward, and the number of Welsh internationals they've got, and they will get better. Yeah, I reckon. Well, so the thing, the things that I'm thinking now is how do they keep this team together? I mean, is there really enough financial backing in Wales to keep all these lads and give them new contracts? I mean, they're going to be losing Barkley, they're going to be losing Byrne. That's massive. That is absolutely huge. So, what are they going to do next? Good question. Uh, they, they will keep... any, allegedly is going to Bath. Yeah, this over Todd and over Blackadder had came out. I asked Todd Blackadder about that in the Bath game the other week, and he went absolutely no truth in it. And le- unless there's stuff going on that even Todd Blackadder doesn't know yeah. about, uh, there is lots of stuff going on. With Todd Blackadder. <laughs> apparently, right? Todd Blackadder had no idea that they that they signed the Argentine prop. He just showed up with his kit one day. Who are you? <laughs> um, I'm a prop boss, and that, and that, and that was that. So um, we'll wait and see. Mm. Yeah, I, I think. The WRU central contracting will obviously help them. Yeah. Because you'll get... A load of those guys will be under the 60 cap limit mm. and will have to stay. And they'll want to stay at the best region, which is Scarlet's. Yep. So they're kind of tied. And World Cup year. Yeah. 12 of those guys, I'd say a couple of them were playing for other countries, but at least 10 of those guys were in the Wales squad and playing for Wales at some point. They're yeah. not going to want to risk a World Cup spot as well. Yeah. So that's a good point. So, and 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 also the beauty that the the system the regional system and the central contracts you've seen how well it's worked yeah, this but year. Yeah, do you know what the downside is? You've got to live in Planethley. <laughs> I mean I, I'm not just saying that as a throwaway comment. You do have to live there. It's it's not bath, is it? You, you get, know, it's not like playing for sale and living in Manchester or you know, playing for Harlequins in Richmond. Your overheads are probably a little bit yeah, cheaper. True. Yeah, yeah, and there's easy access to steel. <laughs> That's always good. I, isn't bet, it? I bet Cubby Boy knows a few good nights out. <laughs> yeah, so you know, there's, there's also, I bet there's they some... had a what, a what a sort of a night out would they have had? Oh, messy. Yes. So, uh, I so would like, go on, go on, uh, just going to say, we spoke about the La Rochelle injuries. Uh, Scarlet's losing Asquith, and obviously Johnny McNichol's not there. But mm. losing Asquith, so Cubby and they were sixty six oh, yeah, two God, split. So Cubby Boy went on the the wing for sixty odd minutes. But he did, he did that in the semi final last year, the Pro Twelve semi final. He did, and, and he was, and they did have a, a back, they did have a back three on the bench that they could have brought on and moved half penny to wing. Who was the fullback? Uh, Dan Jones. They could have put Jones, on fly yeah. half Patchell to fullback. So I don't understand the big deal about like. You're a flanker, therefore you you can't play wing. Rugby's rugby, and I actually think for the Scarlets it probably is easier because they do seem to all be able to play the ball a bit. The way that Scarlets play it probably is easier. I mean, I'd love to know what they but do in training. The, you do see there's times where you see a forward out in the backs or vice versa, Johnny mm. May packing down at flanker, and you just think you have not got a clue. You have never, <laughs> you have never, literally never in training or any game have you ever stood in that position when yeah. that thing has happened. Yeah, I'm James Davis's um, sorry, JB. James Davis's sevens experience, knowing when to yeah. drift, when to when to give space, when to step in and hit. Yeah, that, that's that's that. Those basic decisions is like bread and butter sevens, isn't it? Yeah, and it's also this was for for La Rochelle and Scarlets. The pressure of this game meant there was more kicking than usual, mm. uh, so mm. there wasn't as much time with ball in hand. So it, it was, and for a back row doing kick chase, 
he's absolutely fine with that kind of stuff, isn't he? That's his bread and butter. Yeah, and actually turnovers out wide as well. Yeah. Turnovers, turnovers. I mean, it's just what? amazing that we don't see more positional swaps in rugby and how people are so wedded to a certain position. I mean, it, it is just rugby. Uh, there was a period when, uh, off scrums, some people used to put their number eight at inside centre and take a pop-off nine, things like that. I can't remember who was the uh, I, number so eight I, that used to do that. i tell you who you're thinking of. You're thinking of... Dylan Arm- uh, Stefan Armitage when he played for Irish. They used yes, to do that. that's right. They used to do that. Yeah, you're right. Flank. Mike pa- Mike, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know. I mean, were, <laughs> this is kind of uh, indicative of how much the game has changed, but they were talking about England, you know, when they obviously won the World Cup and they were building, and how all their players are interchangeable in all these different positions. Austin Healy once said, um, you know, we'll have a 9 and a 10, and then all the other guys will just slot in around. I mean, they actually really believe this. And some of the talk was, why don't we use Will Greenwood in in, um, uh, in the lineup Because he's massive. He's like 6'5", isn't well, he? 6'4". Six, six, four, six, four. But like 6'4 wouldn't even get you on the flank now. <laughs> you, know, you, you, might, you might be struggling. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. The, the one other thing to mention, uh, so I just mentioned the kicking of both teams. They kicked more than they normally would do. The kicking of the oh. scrum half, oh. kicking out of hand, the box kicking of the La Rochelle scrum half oh, was, was awful. And it, but they kept they so persisted slow. with it, mm. so slow, so, either way too deep or poorly directed, just straight down the throats yeah, of. Dreadful. And he's Scott. got out. He's got out out smart half penny as well. It's half penny and job. Steph Evans and Patchell drops back there. Cubby boys back there. Mm. Yeah, uh, but enjoyable. How do you think? I think Scarlets can beat like can beat Leinster I don't know if they can win the whole thing but they can definitely beat Leinster they beat them last year they breezed past I'm, them in I'm, the Pro 12 I'm not um, altogether happy with these neutral neutral but home country semi-finals but it being at the Aviva Stadium which is where yeah. Leinster play their big games all the time well I only got a problem which is they have very little infrastructure no I understand do you that. know what I mean so I mean that's where it's going to be but it, and it, if you had a big enough stadium you can do that too no, because it has to be a neutral in the home country. Does so, it? So you can't have... So, for example, Welford Road is big enough, but they would have to move it to Coventry I did or not somewhere else. Yeah. So they'd have to. So Leicester would have to play at the Rico or somewhere. So yeah. Rassing are playing in Bordeaux, I Bordeaux, think, yeah. think it is. That is ridiculous. So they can't move... Yeah. It, it's, so you can use your home country, but not your home stadium. So Saracen... You get home country, not home... Uh, in the Challenge Cup, it's home, home stadium. In the uh, Champions Cup, it's home country. Uh, the only way... I mean, I guess it makes sense because it does add to a sense of occasion. You've all, you've all, you've all got to travel somewhere. They used to do that with the FA Cup, and they, and they, they pick big, they pick bigger venues yeah. because they can fill them. Yeah, but I mean, there's nothing. Mu- it doesn't get much bigger than Paris in their brand new stadium indoors. Yeah, I mean that is about <laughs> as big as it gets. I would have thought, but, but I, assume, I assume it's the it's the neutral nature of it. So had Saracens won, the game would been would have been at the Rico. Rico. Would it? Yeah. Interesting. Ah. So, so that being the case, Leinster getting a game at the, at the stadium that they play in half the almost half, half the time. Half the time. It seems seems a little unfair. I, mean, I, what, I don't care. It's what answer, three but, miles yeah. from their from their regular yeah. ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're right. It shouldn't make that. It shouldn't make a difference because mm. you'd imagine every single Saracen season ticket holder plus everyone else would travel would make the hour and a half journey to Coventry. If it was going to be moved to that, and it is a sense of occasion. They used to do it with the FA Cup semi-final. They used to play it in, in Villa Park. Come, come what may. So I, I don't really. Care. Even if Aston Villa were playing. No, no, no. Oh, good point. Don't know. Never really happened, did it? Didn't, didn't, nah. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> never, never, never had to cross that bridge. Um. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, did you? So did you guys watch the 
other two because I've only seen the Scarlet's game and the Saracens game. Oh, I saw the end of the Munster game. Thank God, I saw the end of that. Yeah, I watched the Munster. I watched well, Munster and Clermont. Did you see the beginning of the Munster game? Well, let's, well, okay. yeah, well, I have seen the beginning actually. Let, let's let's talk Munster till on then. Yes. I thought this was a fantastic game. This was, in terms of atmosphere yeah. and occasion, this was exceptional. Uh, and the finish was as good as any game oh, you'll ever get. Word. It was so good. Um, <sighs> Francois Tranduc can add his name to the list. Well, he, he, I'm sure he's appeared on that list many, many times, but f- important players who completely shit the bed, shat the bed uh, at the crucial moment. Ronan O'Gara for the Lions mm, in South yeah. Africa. Was it Yashvili in at the end of the pool stages for Claremont when they, they if, if they'd have taken a penalty they no would've... it was that was Morgan Parra Morgan Parra that's it yeah if he'd have taken the three points they'd have gone through ahead of Exeter and just had a brain fart total brain dead moment Tranduke stick it in row Z yeah and it, but he made the mistake uh, a few weeks ago mm. in when he was playing for France exactly the same mistake did you see Chris Ashton in his post match chat. I've not just, seen he it. He just chucked Tranduke under the bus. Did he? Just said, yeah, some players should have just uh, dealt with it, got the ball out, but they didn't. <laughs> but like, so oh, I, oh. I I spoke about the kind of... Toulon have got the big names, but not the leadership. Yeah. And that... So even if you miss touch there, if you've got a good kick chase, if you've got the yes. boys leading the line, Great you point. shut him down on the... Well, at best, at worst, the 22. At best, the kind of 10-metre line. And there was two or three people chasing that kick. Everyone else had switched off. How many times have you said that, coaching Tok H, JB? No such thing as a bad kick, only a bad chase. All the time, mate. <laughs> but it was a bad chase. I it mean, was a bad chase. Two, was... two is over, overran. It wasn't connected to the two defenders with him. Yeah. Gave gave Conway the, the, the little dog leg to to open up with. The two players that were with him were both front five forwards, I think. And everyone else was just buggered up. They were just ambling up from... Yeah, picking the nose, staring into space. That said, let's take nothing away from the finish. Bloody Exceptional hell. finish. Wow. I think Andrew Conway had that in him. I thought he was a like kick chase extraordinaire. I mean, I, <laughs> I really rate him. I think he's a very, very good winger. He has excellent fundamentals, but didn't see him being able to do that. No one wearing a 1980s knee brace should be able to run like that. <laughs> yeah. Some Forrest Gump stuff yeah. going Look, on on that left leg of his. Yeah, looks like Stone Cold, runs like Stone Cold. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was amazing. It, 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 I think it's it's basically one of those classic tries now. That's uh, yeah. you know, which is going to be trotted out over and over, over and over again. The commentary from the from the Irish broadcaster was amazing. I'm gonna I'll try and find it. Um, it was oh, it's so good. It's it's how you want commentary to be. That said, I will say that uh, Sky Sports had um, Alan Quinlan, who you could not find a more one-eyed. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. I have no problem with it. Which is fine, but there was one point when, and we'll get onto these slightly contentious decisions, there was one point where Stuart Barnes was trying to, you know, uh, go through the process of understanding the decision that's going to be made by a TMO. And when Stuart Barnes said, oh, but of course this point maybe is one we need to think about, Stuart Barnes then said, oh, I say, he went, oh, I say as Alan Quinlan hits me. (laughs) He's clearly (laughs) in the commentary box going, shut up, Stuart, shut up. Don't say anything that's going to go against my team. Uh, I thought it was interesting having uh, Brian O'Driscoll, who did a very good job of trying to be ne- trying to be neutral. Well, actually, it is an easy job when your team's winning, but having him doing the Leinster game. Yeah, he, he's very good. So I, I listened to a lot of the... Because I was driving, uh, I listened to a lot of the Leinster game 
Melissa Saracens on Radio 5 Live or 5 Live Extra, whichever it was, with uh, Jamie Heaslip in commentary. Oh, yeah. He was very, very good. He yeah, was, he's a so he's good communicator. Really, really good communicator. I've not heard that much from him before. Like, I've seen like little bits. He was really interested. He was clearly wanting Leicester to win, and he admitted as such. But he was a really um, fair pundit. Very, very, very good. Very enjoyable. Oh, I think I've got the commentary. Amazing stuff. So good. Amazing stuff. I love it. Um, so why don't you take a break from the games and talk about some other news? Well, 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 briefly, there's a couple of important decisions, on. I think, which yeah. were in the oh. response to the game. Because I thought, I think this was the one where the losing team would feel oh. most disappointed by losing. Oh, the, there's a couple of decisions in the Claremont game oh, yeah. in front of that home crowd. But, All right, the, to but the, let's the two go. French sides that haven't made the semi-final yeah. will probably feel the most aggrieved. And Toulon gave a great account of themselves at Toma Park. Yeah. And they did. They and you're right. I think the leadership was probably a, and, and those big important decision making men at important moments m- makes the difference. And that's what happens. At yeah, this but level. you know what? Like they could have, they could have bloody, you know, Winston Churchill playing tight prop, and Trundrick's <laughs> still not going to hit touch. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah but they have Johnny the comp- Wilkinson at fly half. It's it's the yeah. compounding, isn't it? They have Johnny Wilkinson at fly half, and he doesn't he doesn't miss touch. And it's not one mistake. It's two. when you ever read about like yeah, uh, right. Alpha Piper or any like just <laughs> uh, uh, cheesing. Yeah, any like the Concorde crash and anything like that. It's it's never just one thing. It's always layers upon layers yeah. of failures, and that, that's exactly what the Conway try was. You fail to miss touch, and you compound it with a bad kick, and then you compound that with no one following up the bad kick chase. Oh, what a mess! Yeah. What a mess. Yeah, so um, let's talk about uh, Conor Murray. What a season he's having, and what a big moment for him. He took that try uh, on Toulon's. I think it was um, Keatley had put a little grubber through. Toulon were on their own line. There was going to be the, the grubber kick from the nine or whatever. Uh, Conor Murray spotted that Guillaume Girardo had played the ball. Yeah. Signal to the ref. That was a knock on. That was a knock on. And then just took it upon himself. Didn't wait to be asked. And like a good player, seek forgiveness, not. Don't ask permission. Correct. Yep. He went, grabbed the ball, put it over the line, and after a seven-minute interlude with the TMO, the try was awarded. Now, so if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. But effectively, Guillaume Garrido had the ball at the back of the Toulon um, ruck, right on his own line. He played the ball. Yeah. It, he, he dropped it. He played the ball, dropped it. Uh, then it settled again by his feet. Conor Murray picked it up and scored. Now, Nigel Owens went through the process of um, he, he made sure Conor Murray was on side. He made sure everything else was going on. The one decision that took the most amount of time was Nigel Owens asking the TMO, "Did the ball go forward off of Guillaume Garrido's hand? Mm. Was it a knock-on?" If in, in Nigel Owens's words, if that was a knock-on, then ball is out and it's a try. If it goes backwards, ball's not out and it's and it's. But it's been lifted which, up, so it's out. Yeah, which is so. You're right. Mm. So in my mind, the correct decision was made in completely the wrong way because for me as soon as the ball is not touched with the hands but na- the rule was changed a couple of years ago too as soon as the ball is lifted lifted then the rook is over Girardo lifted it drops it 
it doesn't go forward or even though the TMO and Nigel Owens decide that it did after yeah. a ton of replays showing clearly that it didn't but but, anyway. that, but that is entirely irrelevant once he's picked up the rooks over you can't then recreate a rook with men in front of you just by kind of binding onto them which is what Girardo tried to do so the ball was out yeah I'm fine with the outcome yeah the the uh, it was a, a farcical process because again unless there's a law that we're not aware of and it certainly wasn't explained by the commentary team if there no. were, is a law that we're not aware of. Yeah. So, uh, so it appeared like Conor Murray, it was fair game because Guillaume Girardo picked it up. However, Nigel Owens said, I'm only going to give this as a try and it's only out if it's a knock-on. And it 1 million percent was not a knock-on. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's wrong. On it that. went backwards and then rolled forwards after it bounced, but that's backwards. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. It, it, but it's right, just a try. Correct result. Conor yeah. Murray, quick thinking, good execution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other one? And the other one was in the very first minute. Now, I do have thoughts on this one. Which is Chris Ashton follows through a really good little kick from his Toulon teammate. Was it, yeah, was it Bellew who put the kick uh, in? Yeah, right. I think it was It was bobbling and it bounced up in the try area. Ashton reached up, would have about to grab it and then presumably would have planted the ball down for a try. Simon Zebo, the covering defender, reaches with one arm and taps the ball out of Chris Ashton's uh. way. Okay. Uh, I, I Nigel just... Owens checked and said um, he wasn't deliberately knocking it into touch. Mm. Therefore, knock on Talon, scrum, Munster. It was in the first, very first minute, 46 seconds, I think, had, had, had played. Now, I'd feel very, very hard done by if I was a, if I was a Talon fan here. Uh, so I think he's got... So he actually says something slightly different. He said, Chris Ashton was under... Sorry. Zebo was underneath the ball, right? So he prods it up. And then Ashton's two hands prod it forward. Okay, so in my mind, he's got it exactly right, exactly right. Because we don't know where that ball's. We know that Simon Zebo's knocked the ball. We know he's knocked it backwards, but we don't know if it's going to go into touch. We simply don't know. I know from the, the, what, from the, the, the way that Zebo played that ball, he yeah. was knock, He was trying to knock that no. out of Ashton's way into touch. Oh, he, was def- the- he was definitely trying to knock it. Take this exact same scenario, right, and move him to the twenty-two. Uh, it's a completely natural way to defend it, to knock it down, regather it, and play on. Right, absolutely fine with that. We do not know, right, if that ball is going to go, go into touch, oh. uh, but, but we don't. We do. No, we don't. The the pace that that's going and Zebo Zebo Superman Zebo is off the floor, so there's no way he can regather so that because one he, arm outstretched. So if he does knock it into, t- if say uh, Ashton thinks super quick, like quantum computer, super thick, uh, thick, uh, super quick. <laughs> And he doesn't touch our ball, and Zebo knocks it out. It's a penalty. It is a penalty try, and, and it's a yellow, yellow card. card, right? But undoubtedly, but because Ashton but it, then touches it, but it's only because Ashton had two hands on the ball. Yeah, that you, that you can Ashton, say with certainty he would have scored. Because otherwise, yeah. probably what would have happened is he knocked it out. That's probably a penalty, but he didn't have hands on the ball, so he no, wasn't going to score. Knocking it. out of his hands isn't a penalty. Knocking into touch is a penalty. But no, no, I he know. But it up and then Ashton knocks it across, which means that you got well. It Ashton exactly only right. knocks it on because Zebo. Yeah, it knocks the ball. Yeah, if, if that, isn't, that isn't illegal. If, if Ashton's hands aren't there, so I, I think they both hit it exactly the same time. It still isn't illegal. No, no, but uh, Zebo at the same time is hitting it out. But if Ashton's hands aren't there, like you just said, he's volleyballing it off the pitch. Yeah, if, I, if Ashton's hands aren't there, like you just said, then there's no penalty try because Ashton can't get it. Uh, I think there. So I remember one with Rob Corney, exactly the same, and Rob Corney is like sort of covering, and he. Basically knocks it into touch, and there's a, there's a lot more separation between the attacking player and the defensive player. 
and he got yellow card for that. I don't know if he got a penalty try against him, but he definitely got. So okay. at minimum, it's but a yellow card. In, it's interesting because you are defending Simon Zebo more than Simon Zebo is defending himself. Cause, I, cause the, cause oh, the, I don't know what he said. I'm just the saying. headline from Simon Zebo is that uh, he whispered to Chris Ashton afterwards. I got away with that one. Well, there you are then. There you are. I mean, I don't think he's done anything wrong actually. Until the ball goes out, until you know the thing has happened, he's done nothing wrong. I think that was a, a, yeah. <laughs> a massive call. Um, points up, and f- bearing in mind it came down to one point after Tranduk had balls it. I yeah, think that was a huge moment, and I think it was. Uh, I think if that if that didn't happen in the first minute of a game, that's a penalty try yellow card. Yeah, I think Nigel got that one wrong, in my, in my opinion. Mm, interesting. So Munster rode their luck, and fair play to him. And Conor Murray, quick thinking, was was uh, and Conway wonder try was fair yeah. enough. But you look at the stats as well. One Toulon must be thinking, how did we not win that? They had sixty percent possession, sixty one percent territory. They they had almost double the number of yards. Well, about one and a half times the number of yards gained. Defenders beaten. Def- defenders beaten. I've got here thirty-one to fourteen, and d- defenders beaten is one of the, so possession and territory doesn't always correlate that well. Yeah. Uh, defenders beaten often does. Um, yeah. And uh, Munster <laughs> made almost three times as many tackles. Well, uh, two and a half times as many tackles. The the one. It's, so the, the big mistake. If you're just looking at the stats, the big thing against Toulon, which does correlate with uh, winning and losing. Toulon conceded 20 turnovers across. So that's that's knocking on, that's losing the ball in possession and that's turnovers on the ground. So you, you can't you can't win. And I in guess these big M- European... Munster took every opportunity they had. Yeah. Which is what 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 champion teams do. Yeah. Indeed they do. Let's talk about some other news. Yes. Okay. Uh what well, has anything else happened? It's been quite a lot of uh there's been quite oh, a lot of Ulster news, massive Ulster news. Um I don't know if you've heard the news coming out of Northern Ireland, but they've signed Will Addison. <laughs> yes, Eno- enormous news. That, is... that was the big news for the for the Ulster Province. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I wasn't convinced until April first that this wasn't a wind up. <laughs> I thought it was like a setup because I have heard rumours about Will Addison going for a long time, and then when Mike Haley went to Munster, I thought, oh, maybe I've got this wrong. They're housemates and busy mates, aren't they? Those two. Yeah, yeah. The I don't know if they still are, but they used to be. I they think. used to be. Yeah. Yeah, living in Didsbury somewhere. Um, yeah, Mad. it's. It wouldn't be ironic if one keeps the other one out of the, out, the, out island. of the island team. <laughs> it's a good signing for Ulster. They need a, like a utility back that can play across the the back line. Bearing in mind they're losing Piatau, um, yep. and uh, what's his name hasn't played for for ages. Uh, Tommy Bowes had to retire. Yeah. Um, what, what's happened to Marshall? Is he still about? And oh no no, who's the football uh, pain has been? Yeah, I mean he's a massive question a cent- mark over as him. a centre fullback. Yeah. Repeated concussions, not played since the Lions tour. Now may never play again. Yeah. Is that right? Fortunately, yeah. It's he's last I read, which was only the last month. He kind of nine months later, he's still suffering with concussion Jeez. symptoms. So that's not a good sign. No, it's no, it's 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 really not. Yeah, uh, but Will Addison is a bloody fantastic player, and they've they've, they've got a, a real gem there. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he does make it into the into the island setup sooner rather than later. And wouldn't, su- wouldn't surprise me, but it's a, looking at that Irish squad at the minute, jeez. Yeah. Well, outside centre, I mean, they've got yeah. options, but he, you well, know, they've he's had, very good. They've had three different outside centres play in the mm. Six Nations and all do yeah. superbly well. Yeah. yeah. So he, he at best goes to fourth in the queue well, if you ignore Luke Marshall and Darren Cave. He and is a, already- he's a like-for-like replacement. 
uh, in a lot of ways with um, Jared Payne. He's, there are similarities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, defensively. I mean, maybe he's not quite as smart as Jared Payne in defence. But and he's not as experienced. But My God, he's he's a brave player. Yeah. It, it, there are times where we've kind of echoed the sentiments that we've had of, um, what's his name, the Bath back row? Underhill. Underhill, yes. Where he yeah, puts exactly his body right. on the line a bit too much. Yeah, everyone that plays... Play, Plays them. This is good intel now for you Ulster people. Um, they all, the, you know, if you ask them who is the bravest player that you, that you played with, it's always Will Addison. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good pickup, and I hope you go as well. Uh, but Ulster could be losing another couple of backs, one centre. Oh dear. They've potentially got them back, but could potentially be losing them. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, let, let's let's just briefly deal with this. We don't want to get no. too, too too deep into this one. But obviously, I'm happy to go the, mass- <laughs> the massively. Um, the massively controversial court case um, surrounding four players, right? But most prominently... Well, four, it's four, four men, two four players. Four men, two players. Yeah. Paddy Jackson and Stuart Olding uh, came to a conclusion where they're all acquitted of all charges, so they're, they're not guilty um, as charged. Now, uh, now, hang on, Sam. I have to correct you there. Apparently, it's not the same as not guilty, which in my mind, it is the same as not guilty because you've got to be... Well, innocence or proven guilty. Yeah, that's but yeah. apparently not I lo- guilty. I love, li- I love living in a in a <sighs> in a civilized democratic country where yeah. the presumption of innocence is there until the burden of proof is met by a exactly uh, legal system. Uh, do you know? Uh, there's so many things like this I really hate. I mean, I, I hated their apologies at, at the end. I thought just two complete non-apologies about sorry about how you felt or, or whatever it was. Either don't say anything or go hard that you or go hard about being innocent but don't do this halfway meaningless apology uh the whole thing is just grubby the, the whole it's just so sordid and so it, i i can't see why ulster would want to take them back now even though they've been found not not guilty it's really left a black mark on the rugby culture there and that club which is a very very fine club so i don't really know where they go from here so I kind of echo the sentiments, although I think Ulster will want the best players playing, but there's too much muddy water. They just can you imagine the first game back? I don't think I don't think I don't think Ulster should. Well, no, I think the players should want to leave Northern Ireland to get a fresh start in England or yeah. France. I've got no or Japan or where going anywhere anywhere else. Yeah. I think they have to leave, whether that's forced out by Ulster or it's mutual consent. But they've got to go. And Sadly, I agree. As an Ulster fan, yeah. I, I would love Paddy Jackson to be playing as he was 18 months ago where he was actually um, putting some pressure on Sexton for the yeah. for the Irish 10 jersey. He was playing some superb rugby for both club and country. Uh, no, but he, I don't think he can. It's just a really, really ugly, uh, really horrible situation, um, whichever way you look at it, because there's lots of different lenses you can look at it through. None yeah. of them look particularly good. Um, well, the, I mean, there were lots of experts on Twitter. On, uh, oh, well, they're just... On, but there's, Thursday. there's absolutely horrible uh, hashtags on, on both sides. Yeah, that's the that, thing. It's, it's so polarising. It, it, it is completely polarising. There's these idiots saying, see, that proves that they're all right and she's <laughs> X, Y, Z, which is nonsense. No. And there's, there's other idiots saying, even though they've been found not guilty, I know what they did yeah. kind of attitude, um, which is also... And it's it's a horrible horrible situation for everyone involved. And now the content of um, private uh, WhatsApp messages are are now you know public um, property and dictate. Yeah, how do they get hold of them? 
Well, it was, I don't know. I don't know. I it's, it's, all just, it's all really ugly. And as much as you'd like to go for all parties, everyone on on all sides that they can put it past them, none of, none of them will, and it will. Um, it's probably ruined several lives. Well, for, for just for uh, good. For I, yeah, I have a rugby question though. Okay, yeah. how good is Stuart Alding? Uh, he's so like Premiership champion, good international, as a, good as a Hobbit lookalike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he Alden is a a fine player. So he's a good ball playing, intelligent, um, intelligent in a rugby field mm. centre. Um, I try to think of like who, a twelve ten type. Yeah, a twelve ten. Um, I try to think who in the Premiership he might be likened to. Ryan Mills. Yeah, I'd I'd say probably a bit better than Ryan Mills. Mm. He's he's of that ilk where he can step in at ten if he needs to, but he's adept. He's got a couple of island caps, um, and could potentially have had more given some of the injuries that they've had. Uh, yeah. In so we'll come back to holding in, in a moment. Who would most be suited for Paddy Jackson? Um, the I've got two. I've got one club in mind who I think would definitely. I I just think get a, I I don't even I don't think they should even entertain the UK. Really, go to France. Go, get, get to France. Japan. I, maybe. I I think France is a good idea. Yeah, maybe. Japan. Do you know where I think Paddy Jackson could end up? And this is just it, it, well, I've got two locations for two players. Right. This this I mean this is the fun part. Um, I could see him playing in Glasgow. You know what. I actually thought Glasgow might be... Just not, don't play the island away games. <laughs> yeah. I think Glasgow would be a, a great home for, for him. They've lost Finn Russell. Russell. You know, they could do with some 10 backup. He's a... They've got Jackson. So he doesn't... Paddy, Paddy Jackson is too good as to be uh, a backup. Yeah. He's, he's such a good player. But they, they've got Peter Horn. They've got uh, the other Jackson. Uh, Rodri. Rod, yeah. However you say his name. Yeah. So I think, and here's the other one, right? So obviously, obviously, I'm going to say this, but it wouldn't surprise me. Oh God! It, it wouldn't surprise me if Alding swaps with Addison, and he comes the other way. Sale have only got a couple of fly half options. Um, they've lost Haley. They've lost um, Addison. Well, Haley doesn't really doesn't really matter. Inside centre, they've only got Jennings and, and Luke, Luke James. James. Do you not think Steve Diamond has enough on his plate with Denny Solomona? Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, well, so far. He, well, with the with we the thought, with the alleged actions. Yeah, uh, I think in, gotta, in the game against Worcester. Yeah. yeah. Look, if you're going to get a collection of, um, if you're going to get a collection of idiots. Just go and get a collection of idiots. Yeah. You know, really go, own it. Bring, go go big or go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, bring bring back sippers. Not not for the rugby. Just for the banter. <laughs> um, <laughs> sippers social secretary for next year. <laughs> you know, bring them all in. Own it. That, that, that's your identity. Um, I, well, <laughs> You know, he would fit in. Right, something else, another story off of the um, away from the games, which we can return to shortly. The Spain situation gets murkier and murkier and murkier. Bearing in mind that this weekend, or in fact, is it is it meant to be this weekend, or is it might even be on Thursday? I think, or it might even be Wednesday. The game is is due or was due to happen between Portugal, Portugal. and Spain. Oh. Now, what's happened is the the Rugby Europe or the Federation of European Rugby, or whichever it is, the people that have overseen this, have twice in the last two weeks set a date to, to, to get together and talk about this and not been able to resolve it and then 
put pushed it back again, and I think there is a meeting happening early this week, possibly it, tomorrow. Mm. It, it feels overdue because mm. we've had a, a couple of weeks where nothing nothing has changed. Nothing has well from well, a world rugby side. Nothing has changed. Well. Now, it's interesting you mentioned World Rugby. Now, one thing World Rugby did a couple of weeks ago, and I wonder if they'd have done this, if they'd have known how this was going to play out. They they demoted or they they scratched the results for Tahiti in one of the lower competitions yeah. and stopped them from being promoted to the next tier up um, because of an ineligible player. Yeah. They scratched all their results for the whole of that competition and said, right, no, you fielded ineligible players, you can't. That's it. Your 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 results are void. Therefore, someone else gets promoted. Now, Belgium fielded an ineligible player, potentially, quite possibly. That one's a fifty-fifty touch and go okay, one. Okay, I was seeing. See An accusation saying. has been made that Spain fielded an ineligible player. However, however, there are some very grey, murky areas where actually it looks like that one would not be upheld, and it's fine because of the the year in which some guidelines changed and it would be it looks like that one would be okay the one that pretty much looks black and white is the Romanian player Fao Casilivia or something like that he's a centre strong Romanian name yeah and he played for Tonga at sevens uh oh uh. well I assume the you know the rugby rugby journalist world are all hard at work right well so let me so, so that one there is it looks like pretty much it's it looks from what I can gather and I've tried to read around and find various sources and stuff it looks like pretty nailed on Romania fielded an ineligible player bearing in mind what world rugby did with Tahiti it would be pretty hard for them not to follow that up with exactly with, the same with exactly the same sanctions so yeah. It, who knows? No one still knows what's going on. It's a total mess. Augustine Peashot has sort of said, "We are looking into this. We are going to get the right result, etc." But have I told you? I've told you about the messages that I've had. You kind of hinted at them. Yeah. So I've received some information, and I can't, I can't nail it down. I can't get like a second source. I've got, I can't stand, stand, stand the thing up. But that effectively, a lot of people saying. Um, there were claims that it was that the, the um, Romania result was "quote unquote" sorted, and these were the these were the boasts within the Roma- within the Romania camp itself. But uh, the individual concerned isn't, isn't willing well, to come forward. I think to be it's, fair, had Spain turned up and played well, it would have been an irrelevant. No they, they way, played, they played terribly. No way, twenty four penalties to four or whatever. Twenty eight five, twenty eight yeah, something like it, that. It's, it's unheard of, yeah. right? And furthermore, that referee has had his performance. Re- uh, reviewed now, and he will not be returning to ref at that level. So, you know, there there is no way. <laughs> I, I think the history books will show this. This was actually a well, crooked game. I can't wait. <clears throat> I can't wait for this to for this to come out. And well, potentially, an ineligible player might might be a very black and white way to get to the outcome. The, that the, yeah. A different route to the correct outcome. But do you know what? It shouldn't be a different route. Something. They should they should confront the actual problem yeah. here, which is which is. On the face of it, corruption. They've corrupted the game. And if if Romania show up at that tournament, it's an absolute farce and it undermines the whole World Cup. So they got, I mean, going down the ineligible player route is a nonsense because now what we're going to have is a set of standards where everyone's going to be digging around looking for ineligible players in the lower tiers where maybe the compliance isn't as hot as it should be. And it's just going to be a load of unintended consequences. Well, I Go don't understand look. why there's not a database 
that's really easy and every player that's registered for an international team is on this database and it's pretty clear there's a record of they played therefore like a, a simple automatic flow chart no yes fine okay yes and and it's not down to the countries to manage are you eligible are you not ineligible because this this guy for Romania played for a f- couple of minutes in one sevens match yeah. for Madness, isn't it? Tonga I, I think right that international eligibility rules now should be did you play for the first team? Yes or no? Was it 15s? Yes or no? None of this A-team nonsense. None of this under-20s. If they're good enough, they're good enough, and you have to give them, give them a full cap. And that's the only way that way, way that you qualified. Sevens doesn't count. A-team doesn't count. Under-18s, under-21s, all absolute nonsense. It's first team or, or nothing. Well, we were out in Madrid, and we've been following Spain for quite some time now. We were there at the very start before it was trendy to be, yeah. to be writing and uh, talking exactly. about Spain. We're like the rugby hipsters Correct. when it comes to tier two rugby. But everyone <laughs> seems to be into this, and even some of the, the prominent rugby journalists are getting on board with this, which led to some Ooh, quite yes. interesting moments the rugby this journalists. week yesterday. When, now, I don't know if Stephen Jones of the Times uh-huh. had been... Of Times fame. ...had been having a drink, or whether <laughs> this is just as belligerent and cantankerous as he, as he is. But there was a really interesting back and forth on Twitter between... Uh, tier two rugby, which is not an official account, it's just what they're called. They're, 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 an, they're a Twitter account that follow and try and they're promote tier two tier enthusiasts, two rugby. much yeah, like ourselves. They get in touch with us quite a lot, and they pointed out some inaccuracies in in Stephen Jones's Times column. <laughs> now, my experience with everyone um, that I've met that I um, that, that writes for the Times, they are, I believe, the, the best team. Owen Slot's fantastic. Yep. Alex Lowe brilliant bloke and a great mind you've got uh, Ben Kay Stuart Barnes um, a part of that Stephen Jones as well um, Stephen Jones I think we've all been blocked by him yep. yes yeah. not seen a Stephen I, Jones I haven't had any interaction with time. him still got blocked by him well yeah. I think we're, we're not caught in the crossfire yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, someone someone, ta- is... someone tagged me into a tweet and therefore I'm, I'm blocked yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like his um, his style I wonder is... if he uses blocking software I'm not joking I wonder if he <laughs> uses like block all followers of this account <clears throat> No, I think it's um, the, the the blocking is anyone who gives an opinion, reasoned or unreasoned, passionate or impar or impartial or whatever, partial or impartial. Anyone who gives an opinion that is not what Stephen Jones wants to hear gets blocked. Yes, and anyone who gives an opinion that he doesn't he doesn't agree with gets called um, names by Stephen Jones or gets belittled come back when you've got more followers perfect uh, you lose ideal <laughs> I, I, I love it that seems, to be his, that seems to be his approach but anyway so Tier 2 Rugby pointed out some inaccuracies in Stephen Jones's um, um, Times column about Spain-Romania and the situation there and uh, in response to them Stephen Jones wrote this to one person who wasn't saying you're, you're a liar wasn't saying you're awful just said um there's some inaccuracies here. This is this is what's inaccurate. This is what's inaccurate. This is what's inaccurate. Uh, he says, pal, if I were you, I would take this post down immediately because when news company, legal department get to you, your feet won't touch the ground. Everything in pieces is double... Everything in pieces is double-checked and and checks out. I will give you till 1500 today, UK. Got it? <laughs> so he's... Uh, now, I work for... Uh, I have the same legal team that that would represent my interests um, when I work at Virgin Radio. Mm -hmm. So, and I can't imagine threatening people on Twitter on their behalf. My legal team is going to be in touch with you at three. I'd I'd love to have a legal team. I'd love to lawyer up. Anyway, but but it backed (laughs) and forth and tier two rugby said, well, remove the inaccuracies from the article and then I'll remove my tweet. 
He says, confirm by 1500 that you've removed this post. And then at three minutes to three, you have three minutes. Our view is that what you wrote is defamatory. Delete now. So he's now said our view. Ooh. Like he's got, got people so, so what was written? Let's find out. What, what, what was he defaming them with? Well, the, the inaccuracies were from tier two rugby um, that they were saying... Um, firstly, the Romanian player you refer to is a centre, not a fly half. Oh my God! Yeah. Secondly, um, it doesn't matter about whether um, he said it was about um, that you're still captured if you play for a sevens international team, regardless of what the capture team is, A or under twenty ones or under twenties. Okay. So that's, that, those are the two points he said. So he said so that player is definitely ineligible. This, these are the two reasons why. And why is that different to what Stephen Jones said? He said he was a... F- uh, this is so petty. Um, he said that he was a fly-half. He said he was a fly-half. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. And he, and he said that... Um, I think he basically said that he hadn't played for the capture team for Tonga. He'd only played for the sevens team. But by playing for a sevens international side, you are captured. Is that right? Didn't I, think, that? I think that's right. Hmm. Because there was talk of... Um, I'm sure there's talk of Carl Ferns. I'm sure there was talk. I mean, I don't know if you can still do it now, but um, oh, an Armitage, Olympic, an Olympic event. Yeah, yeah. That that loophole got closed pretty quickly. Pretty pretty quickly. There was about six months where that was an option. I'd love when... to see a sevens team rock up for an Olympic qualifier with Carl Ferns and uh, yeah, and uh, Stefan Armitage in it. Well, that was in the run up to the 2015 World Cup, and France got together this it was either 70 man or 90 man squad <laughs> of basically every single international potential player playing in France including the Armitages amazing absolutely astounding work <laughs> yeah. France. so that, that, was, that was the most ridiculous thing about the Stephen Jones thing the guy was going yeah, yeah you're right he's, he's, he's ineligible but he's not ineligible for the reason you're saying it's actually do, do you know what gets me about trying to help Stephen yeah, Jones he was sort of going so this is a bit inaccurate you might want to oh, no he did say to be fair he said Virtually none of this info is correct. Poor research, and then leaves an, an article for the Times. Didn't tag Stephen Jones in it or, or anything, but um, oh, you know. so remember it's very very brave, aren't they, when they're picking on you know, a lonely Twitter account? But you try and get them to uh, help you out when uh, you reveal that Marlon Yard is going to sail, and you've never met a bigger bunch of cowards in your life. So <laughs> it was it was absolutely hilarious. Um, I get banned from sail. And uh, there was one. There was one guy, one real good guy, who said, "This, this is ridiculous. I'll put, I'll, I'll put your, put your name forward, uh, so we can get the weight of the rugby union writers behind you, and away we go." Everyone else was so scared of sail sharks, they would not, they would not actually second second me in, which was unbelievable. And it all, and later on, I found out from not, multiple sources that they'd actually been covering up stories about certain players not being able to play. Because the clubs were so, well, the, basically the clubs are so powerful and so influential with 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 what they write. So there was a, there was a story going around about a player who wasn't able to play because of an altercation that he got into. No one report, um, no one reported it. And yet, when someone says he's a fly half or he's a centre, not a ten, they go get the legal team involved. It's just, I mean, the standard of journalism is it goes from very, very good in some places to absolutely abysmal in others. <laughs> Utterly well, abysmal. I'd say not, not even the quality of journalism, just the quality of um, communication skills on a social media platform. Why? Why? <clears throat> I mean, there's two things. One, you put yourself out in the public eye. Like we're 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 putting out a podcast, which means people can slag us off. Yep. or not like us Do but that, that's the point yeah. that's yeah. the point we're putting opinions out there and they're to be agreed with disagreed with argued with commented and on and the best part is right? but he's he's in a really prominent position and I just think behaving yeah. quite petulantly and, and the best part is I mean you see it across 
across all journalists. Uh, the Welsh Writers Association is probably even worse. I mean, certainly worse in, worse in terms of quality. But they give themselves awards. I mean, these are awards <laughs> given to themselves by themselves. I mean, maybe we should maybe we should start up like a rugby podcast awards and you know rotate it between rugby podcast ourselves and flats and shanks. <laughs> I mean, that's maybe what we should do, and then we can tweet back him. And what we'll do is we'll do it monthly, so we can soon get as many awards as Stephen yeah. James. And that's what we'll do. We'll, <laughs> well, we'll we've, pepper him. We've won fifteen out of the last twenty egg chasers rugby podcast yeah, awards. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that is the reply to criticisms um, from before blocking you. He says. I've won 17 awards. What have you won? <laughs> Block. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, uh, we've won, I think, well, we've been four years now, so it's, uh, we do it twice. So we've won, what, 12 times four, Phil? Uh, 48. Yeah, 48. We've, we, 48 times we've been Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast of the month. <laughs> that's it. That's outstanding work. Back to back as well. Back the, to back. The standard stays high. Yeah. yeah. I might start an association, actually, like like the like, like the rugby writers, but for podcasters and blo- podcasters and bloggers. Is Stephen Jones allowed in? Absolutely, he is. he's got a podcast. Has he? Yeah, yeah. Is he on the t- Times? It's a good podcast. To be is fair, it? I'm not. I'm not to be fair, to I went on that rant. I actually think Stephen Jones is one of the few people that actually says what you know, says what says what he means. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He does what he wants. He, he does, I, th- I think you're probably right on the whole. He he, he quite likes to be contrary. Exactly, which I love. Which is, yeah, which is, uh, you sort of wonder, like, do you really think that? Or are you just saying that because it's the opposite of the, the popular chain of thought? Mm-hmm. But that's, that's good Hey, 13 well. out of 13 doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like him. Doesn't like <laughs> anyway, hopefully this week we will finally, in fact, can you look up, Phil, whether the Portugal-Spain game is even still slated to happen? I've just tried to find it. it I couldn't find it listed as a fixture on World Rugby's... Right, this is odd. Anyway... Still rumbling on. Mm. There's still going to be fallout um, from this, but not a resolution major is pretty, pretty amazing. When it's what three weekends, three weeks yeah. removed now. Right. Wow. Well, there were two other uh, European Cup games. Do you not wish it was still called the Heineken Cup? It was so perfect when it was the Heineken Cup. Uh, no, I don't mind. It's interesting that Heineken are they are still the official beer partner. Yeah, and, and they're still less one of it. the. Well, no, I think they might actually it's be the paying Man of similar the amount. You give the Heineken Man of the Match award at the end. No, I'm pretty but, sure they pay a lot less. For but the, for but they've the created they created different tiers of sponsorships. So Heineken are one of the kind of next tier down sponsors. Oh, really? But they wouldn't pay the additional money to get the the single titles, named. Titles yeah, sponsor. I think they increased what it costs to be the named uh, sponsor. Well, yeah. hmm, the, and it's, the issue with sometimes when you have a long-running title sponsor is that no one else wants to be the title sponsor because it's like, well, no, people are just going to call it the Heineken Cup. I'm not going to pay an absolute load of money just for people to call yeah. it the Heineken Cup. That, that, that is a good point, actually. It happened with the... Uh, sorry to talk like my shop, but it happened with the radio awards. So the annual radio awards um, that I used to get nominated for every year um, was uh, the Sony Awards. And then when Sony said, we don't do this anymore... The whole thing went bust, and they they went to because no one wanted to be the Sony. No one wanted to be the Sony because it was Panasonic like, didn't do the everyone. Everyone still calls it the Sony's now. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. So I saw the end of the Claremont game. Yeah, I watched most of the Claremont game. What do you think? This was a fun game. <laughs> yeah, this was. Um, so there's a couple of controversial moments that we'll talk about. Racing scored three tries, two of which were truly exceptional mm. one of which was definitely a forward pass that didn't get given mm. 
that Wayne Barnes. Oh, I saw that one. Is Wayne that Barnes one? communicating purely in French. Right, for the whole game. Right, we need to. We need. Right, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's been <laughs> driving me insane. So uh, back to rugby writers, actually, and the piousness of. Oh, isn't it amazing that someone speaks French and French? No, it's not amazing. It's not amazing. You know, English is the most widely spoken lang- um, language in lo- in lots of things. So, so you should just instance, speak English and louder. Yeah, yeah. 100%, right. <laughs> so, like in aviation, you don't speak French when you when you're over France just because you're over France. You speak in English. Everyone has a Everyone has a common language. Companies do it too. If you're a German company working in China, employing Chinese people, you don't speak German. You speak English, right? For mo- for a lot of the racing squad, their first language is English. You know, just talking English. It's absolutely <laughs> fine. And the amount, I mean, no, no one is clapping and cheering or saying anything about the fact that the Thalethony game in Wales wasn't done in Welsh. No one mentions it. Just do it all in English. It'll be absolutely fine. So no, I, I and also. Wayne Barnes isn't particularly good at French. He knows a few bits and pieces, <laughs> but it'd be more appropriate if he spoke in English. That's all I'm saying. Well, he made a couple of decisions. He made that one for Racing, which was the Dan Carter pass, mm-hmm. which Wayne Barnes and, and Stuart Barnes was arguing, Stuart Barnes in particular was arguing. God, Stuart Barnes. He's his full title. I like, I very much like uh, Stuart Barnes on Twitter. I think he was completely wrong on this. He was saying the hands went backwards, therefore, even if the ball went forward. Now, in my mind, the hands didn't go backwards. The ball went about two yards forward, mm. and there, Dan Carter's momentum didn't continue. So it, def, it definitely wasn't a try for me. But it wouldn't have mattered in the end because of the, the try they scored two minutes after, which was exceptional. Then there was the Benders disallowed try. Benders! where he's deemed to ground it just short, Ooh. which I can't help but think it was just short, and then kind of, as he continued to roll with the same momentum, it kind of brushed the line, mm. so I would have given that. And then the Remy Grosso try, which was disallowed. Oh, was... he had a horrible last 10 minutes, didn't he? Grosso. Oh, awful. Like, everything went against him. I think he went at least a couple, oh, least he, a couple he, of penalties. He knocked on a couple of he times knocked, after yeah. that. But the, the try was very quick thinking, and then it got pulled back for... It, it was, was instruction or something? No, it was... Uh, Parra knocked the ball out of Laws, Greg Laidlaw's hand. That's it, yeah, offside. And it went back onto one of his players and came forward and hit Greg Laidlaw. So, let's the law, yes. I would have been absolutely fine if you just don't go back and review that. Yeah. Because it was a bit of an awkward situation. And it was a nicely taken finish by Grosso. Uh, so, Claremont will feel aggrieved at those decisions. But I think overall, Racing were the better team. Mm. And they, they have some superstars. I mm. mean, Mark Andrew, his try, well, he finished his try off very well, but for the Nakarawa try, and Nakarawa is exceptional. Now, is his that break, Andrew spelt funny? Uh, <laughs> it's spelt the French way, yeah. A-N-D-R-E-U. So when you say Mark Andrew, I only think of one Mark Andrew. Mark Andrews, the old South African lock. Oh, no, very you. different. Sure. What, what a player he was. This is the compact uh, Racing and France winger. Yeah. He was electric. They got they're just box office right across the board. <gasps> Vaca Tower, Carter comes off the bench. Machinode, Patrick Lombard. Machinode's ace. Yeah. ace. He was outstanding actually. He's that so was good. a great battle between the two scrum halves. That was Yeah. Well the three scrum halves because uh And it's gonna be M- Machinove Murray. That's yeah. a tasty matchup. Ooh, tasty in more ways than one. Yeah. Ooh la two la. Handsome chappies. Uh 
I just love Marshall Odegaard. Two French, two French teams playing in a very, very entertaining game is, was was like rolling back the years. Yeah. yeah. So this Clermont team, uh, nice to see. Um, what's his name back? Your your boy. Oh, um, Fofana. Yeah, so came made, off came off the bench. He made that break, and I oh, thought that break. I thought he's in here because he's meant to be absolutely rapid. Well, he didn't give it. And sorry, he didn't need to give it at the time. He did. He did give yeah, it. Yeah, I kept it in hand. And then Benders passes it to Grosso when Benders had no one on him, and Grosso was like five or ten yards behind Benders. So there were two passes there that were not at the right time. They could have finished that off from their own twenty-two. Is um, tell me this. Is what's still there? The the, uh, the bouncer that plays fullback. Spading. Spading. I think he's injured as well. There's some rumours about him coming to England. Well, sale is the is the rumour. Mm. I've, I've heard categorically no. <laughs> but that that is that is a rumor. Mm. Oh, do you want to hear another rumor? Yes, please. Is it about sale? It's not about sale. Oh, go on then. Yeah, <laughs> I, d- I definitely do then. It's about my, it's about my, <clears throat> my other team, Benetton. Alleg- oh, yeah. Allegedly, they're linked with uh, Quade Cooper. <laughs> Love that. So they'd have Mc- McKinley, Quade Cooper, and Tom- Tommaso Thomas. I can't say Tommaso Tom- Allen. Thomas Allen. Tommy Allen. Tommy, Tommy Allen. Allen. Tommaso Allen. Tommaso Allen. Yeah. Uh, now you're right to bring up the, the the decisions that went against Claremont. However, last week against Toulon they missed f- 50 tackles and they missed 44 uh, against Racing. So you don't deserve yeah. to win. If you miss 44 tackles, you don't deserve to win. And Claremont, they've got they have got some star names and someone like uh, Fofana coming back and Camille Lopez was coming back as well is brilliant for them. There's a load of names on that team that I just don't recognise. No, I know. Which is not like a Claremont Their team. home form. Is it right that they may not qualify for Champions Cup next year? Well, they're in ninth. Yeah. Last time I looked, they were in ninth yeah. in the, the top they've 14. Lost four, I think since the new year, they've lost four games at home. Yeah. And it's that's it's the compounding effect of multiple injuries. Yeah. They've had an absolutely just diabolical year. But to yeah. not see Claremont in the in the European Cup next year would be um, yeah. a shame. Um, right, and one more game then. And what a the game it was. One I think we, everyone was looking forward to most. Certainly me. Certainly I was. me. Uh, just think... Okay, so I'll open up with this. Leinster, it wasn't a great performance. It wasn't like a world-beating, like, A star, 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 plus star performance. What it was is it was consistently brilliant from minute one to minute eighty, so it wasn't like the highest level watching the Hurricanes mixed with the mixed with the, mixed with the Crusaders, but it's that constant grinding pressure with no mistakes. And as soon as Saracens put one foot wrong, done. Well, it was quite a lot like the, and, and I and I think you're right to say that it was quite reminded me quite a bit of La Rochelle v Scarlets in the sense that absorb pressure, absorb pressure, yeah, absorb yeah. pressure, and like a like a like an elastic band tightening tightening getting stretched back eventually it's going to ping back and that's exactly what Leinster did and what Scarlets did and both those teams massive load of internationals who haven't played since the last European Cup match back together and it took maybe 50 minutes it wasn't their best performance a little bit rusty around the edges but still more than good enough to, to get the win yeah I, I I couldn't help but think kind of listen to this on the radio then watching it again afterwards I couldn't help but think if Leinster hadn't have scored that try after three, four minutes, because mm. a lot of the after that, the first half belonged to Saracens certainly in terms yeah. of territory and possession. Absolutely, and Saracens were forcing penalties out of Leinster, but that bit reminded me of uh, the England Ireland game a few weeks ago, where Ireland were incredibly clinical in that first half. Three chances in the twenty-two, scored three tries. 
England and in this case Saracens repeat visits to the twenty-two and could only get the three points. Yeah, they could they could bend them, but couldn't break them. Uh, but it's like it was small errors. I mean, Macavunapola basically just needs to give the ball to Blair Cowan and he, and he scores, and he just can't get his hands free. Yeah, it's unusual, and he throws the offload and offload mean, that he'd probably usually make. I mean, Macavunapola, he worked so hard. He's very good. Um, he works phenomenally hard. Was, Saracens, one of the best drill, drill teams in the world, yeah, and yeah. they mess up the a line out on the opposition five. And if they score that, you've got you've set up for the last five five minutes of just utter carnage. Well, Jim, Jimmy George got taken off after 48 minutes or something like that, yeah. didn't he? Because they, they missed a few line-outs, which was... It's un-Saracen-esque. Yeah, I thought Ezekwe uh, um, was class. And I think probably one of the... You know, He's still 19, by the way. Is yeah. he? No. Yeah. And when you... I've, I've stood next wow. to him a couple of times. It's He's 19? Are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty impressive uh, specimen. Like... I know we say you say that about international rugby players generally, but like his hips must be like up to my chest. Yeah, he is absolutely massive. Well, I mean, there are guys. I mean, there are big guys and there are big big guys. I mean, I always thought when I when we went down to Twickenham to interview some, some England team, like um, I, I know I've said this times, but like Marla just felt like he he was a monster. I mean, he's not actually that big statistically, but he just he, felt yeah presence. He's not that tall, but it's his it's his shoulders and his traps. Yeah, and tell the other one as well. Uh, it was um, George, George Cruz, enormous yeah. man. It, like in 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 real life. And I don't know if the stats bear. Next that time out. you go and see, just look at the three Saracens guys that were involved yesterday. Cruz, Itoji, and and Izikwe stood next to each other. Izikwe is significantly bigger. Is he? Yeah. Bloody hell! He's an absolute weapon. And 19 years of age. The other young lock on the yes. other side. James Ryan. James Ryan. They, I wow. thought he was absolutely brilliant. Well, Daniel Lee. Is, is Daniel? Le- uh, yeah, Dan Levy. Yeah, that's not the. That's not. Yeah, I'm just making sure that isn't the. Dan Levy. Leinster's third. That's Lord Levy, isn't it? Dan Levy, Leinster's third choice seven, who would not have got a look in were it not for injuries to. They're two Irish internationals. Yeah. And this is what yeah, I say all, all the time. It's about opportunity as, as much as talent. I mean, you could argue that they bring Sean O'Brien on or they start with, start with Sean O'Brien. They might not. They might or Josh Van der Fleer. Yeah, they might not win that game. Or Jordy Murphy. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's... Embarrassment of Richard. Yeah, that Le- Conan. Yeah, Levy was, Levy was brilliant. What I liked most about um, Leinster was how, uh, how they picked on certain Saracens break, breakdowns. So, like, occasionally, you know, Saracens would get some phases together, and as soon as they switched off at that breakdown, Lens just piled men in, yeah. uh, uh, men into it. It was very, very impressive. I don't know if they must have picked that up on some sort of um, like analyst stuff. That yeah, that Saracens kind of one breakdown in four or one breakdown in five. Yeah, don't they just quite sleep guard it. And yeah, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. It's, it's interesting. I that seems to be where, in the, in the international level, if there is one thing that you could sort of go s- s- characterizes English teams' performances uh, on the international stage and on the club stage, that breakdown area, and it's been written and talked about a lot that the way that the game's refereed in the Avicii Premiership has sort of conditioned players to. There's no competition at breakdown. Uh, I mean. I just say that the Avicii referees are basically the best. Like they actually enforce the laws, whereas I think other refs in other jurisdictions are nowhere near as good or or, or professional. I think yeah. So there's probably something in that. Yeah, I think there is. But 
the point you made uh, a few weeks ago when we were watching England, Tim, about that's fine. Ref- referees will uh, adjudicate games differently under different circumstances. The where teams will win and lose is how they react to that. Mm. And if you notice that the the breakdowns getting refereed slightly differently, then you will be more solid on your own breakdown. But it creates an opportunity for you to mm. disrupt other teams' breakdowns. And if, exactly. you don't, if you don't react to how the referee's playing the game, you don't deserve to win. Uh, yeah, I just thought they were they were just very, very good doing everything. Yeah, you know, they were. And a few players, just to pick out, uh, Sexton, obviously, was exceptional. Apart from, with a one, with a one uh, blot on his copy sheet, which was that stupid, stupid kicking the ball away from yeah, the restart. I know. Oh, and i tell you what, that, I thought he was lucky. Was it the... Oh, yeah, so a couple of lucky things. Um... One was a Saracens player who did not get a card. I can't remember what it was for, but it looked to me like it should be a card. Oh, it was like a shoulder Was it the charge. Wigglesworth? Yeah, with that no arm tackle. Look, looks like a card to me all day long. Uh, and then Sexton's like, card him, card him. Yeah. Like, at that but, point, I want the referee to turn around and say, you, you're off as well. Yeah. No, no, he's not getting the card. You're, you're, oh, you want the card? Okay, here you go. <laughs> right. That's what, I, that's what I want to happen. And the other one as well was, I kind of thought Lee, the Liam Williams challenge, more than a penalty. He goes off for an HIA and he's done for the game. You know that's uh, well, not great. I, I mean, I I thought the ref, when the ref said, "Oh, nothing he could do about that," um, the guy slipped. I thought he was going to go, so play on. And I was about to do a big fist pump to the sky, going. And I thought Garces was actually really good. I thought, yeah, he was, I, thought he was I thought I thought he was. I thought he officiated the game very well. But I I was about to go. Yes, exactly. Sometimes accidents happen, and if Liam Williams falls over. Sometimes your head might end up in a place you don't want it to end. Yep. End up. Um, but no, he still went. Oh, he slipped, so I'll just give a penalty. If it's a penalty, it's a yellow card, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, but you know, it wasn't given either way, so I don't really care. Uh, no, uh, Leinster have got to be the favourites for this whole thing, though. Although well, I don't, I we, don't think they'll beat Scarlets. Well, it's the home. I think they'll learn from their mistakes last year in the home. Well, home we just, we just, uh, um, I'll just, just a little clip here of. Um, um, Dan Levy and his post-match interview which I thought was quite good I think we get this it I can't believe this has happened I can't and I just want to say thanks to Paul I think this is it isn't it yeah Yeah. We love you, Rod! Yeah, and I love you too. Yeah, that's it. Most of all, I want to thank God. Oh, well, I was just trying to get the clip and go, yo, Adrian. Sorry, this is now taken for, oh, wow. for a very cheap gag. Oh, I didn't even get the clip I wanted. <laughs> wow. For a very cheap gag about how amazing oh Dan Levy's eye looked. Yeah, uh, I've just taken up 30 seconds and it wasn't. It didn't pan out how I wanted. So I'm not even. You, you get the either. idea. You yeah, get the idea. Yeah. Um, the other two people to mention uh, from Leinster's side, two, two of the older guard go on. Uh, in the backs, Nasewa. Oh yeah, yes, who is has to be the best utility back in uh, in, may, in maybe Leinster. in European, maybe in European rugby. He's pretty good. He's so good, just whichever position he plays. And um, Carney, I thought was exceptional as well. Oh, I, 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 I thought Healy had a very good game. What yeah. Sorry, I got it wrong. Um, here's Dan Levy's post-match interview. 
There you go. Very nice. <laughs> His uh, eye was incredible. <laughs> it, I loved it. It, it was impressive. Um, now, I, I I might have mentioned this jokingly uh, during the during the Six Nations, but I do believe it. I think Brad Barrett is the best twelve in England. They should go back to Brad uh, Brad Barrett. They've only got what eighteen months or so to the World Cup, and he is the best twelve in England. Born then, this this conversation is now officially over. <laughs> the problem is <laughs> that's very that's very Jones Jones. Yeah. Um, no more no more opinions. Blocked. <laughs> I'm blocking any other opinion. Yeah. The problem, and I've said it before, I feel like we're going over all ground. The only way in my mind you can play uh, with Brad Barrett is by having another ball player, which means you have to play Alex Good. Yes. Which I know you're okay with that. Done. In. It does It does cause a few concerns for me in terms of high ball and some of his defensive so, stuff. I thought he was very good except for that one high ball when he turned his body away. Did you see that? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And it, it goes back to like the... It, it was Watson at 15 uh, for England against Ireland with the, the Sexton kick mm. for the... Uh, it wasn't Kanye, it was, was it Ringrose who actually scored it? Yeah. But it's just, you at that level, you've got to have someone who is so solid under the high ball. And there's no one better than Mike Brown in England at the moment. But the, I don't think you can play those two because you're lacking a ball player in the back you line. You need a ball player. To, yeah. yeah. But Brad Barrett, I mean, Brad Barrett can actually play a bit. I mean, he's not completely one-dimensional. He's not far off being completely no, one-dimensional. That's very unfair. Very effectively so. He's he's he he is he's getting he's, better with age. He's a great player. Uh, what a, what a story as well. It was brilliant, and I wanted to I wanted to get a clip of Nick Mullins' commentary and put it over an instrumental version of Craig David's Seven Days because it just sounded like a brilliant version. We went Brad Barrett broke his cheekbone on Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> had a scan on Monday. He had a titanium plate on Tuesday, and he tra- trained on Thursday, and he played on Sunday. Love him. It would be that uh, is incredible. It is, it is amazing. That's Get, getting stuff done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so, yeah. Uh, so a lot of people have come out now. A lot of sort of um, smug Pro 14 fans going, oh, well, they uh, should be smug. No, no, absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of them coming out going, oh, what are you going to do now, England, to change? To ch- are you going to change the rules of the competition again? Because referring to yeah. the yeah. fact that. England, England clubs had an issue saying, hold on, you don't qualify for the Champions but, but, Cup. But it was the English clubs changing the rules which led to the improvement in, in, in the Pro 14. So, you know, it's basically an English victory anyway. <laughs> in- so, English-inspired victory. An English-inspired victory. Well, uh, that's, that, that was the two things I was going to say off the back of it. I'm going to go, one, the increased competitive of the Pro 14 has improved that as a spectacle. 100%. And has meant that... The, these fringe players like like Dan Levy have had more meaningful rugby before they've been thrust into big matches. Um, and secondly, let's not get ahead of ourselves because where were the Pro 14 sides the last five yeah. years exactly. in the fight in the final? They haven't been in, they haven't goes, been in a final for the last five years. Um, it goes inside. And, and an English team has won the last two. This, But this possibly does form part of a bigger narrative about the way that the English club game is structured, but no, there's there's no there's no there's no uh, salty English fans Ooh. saying that well, it sounds like it, something's unfair. <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything's unfair. Okay, I'm not, that's my my point is let, let's not draw any huge broad conclusions from one season. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, there's different. 
there's different structures that work for different nations. It's, and I think we know now that New Zealand have found the structure that works for their nation. Ireland have certainly found the structure that, 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 that Definitely. works for them. I think the Premiership works great, great for, for English rugby, despite what everyone else may think. It's a great, it's a great spectacle, and it does produce a good, a good international team. It's just a shame the manager and the coach of the national team hasn't really held up his side of, of, of the bargain over the last six months. But other than that, it's fine. Scotland have, fi- have finally got, got, got the right together. Um, and, you know, if, if Wales can somehow replicate this, and it feels like they're going in the, in the yeah. right direction, yeah. good. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. You know, there isn't one... I don't think... I think we've learned enough from watching rugby over the last 10 or 15 years to say that one structure isn't right for everyone. Yeah. And changes get made, and there are there are consequences. Australia look like they're possibly in a more positive space in terms of their club game yeah. with with um, the Brumbies and the. Um, well, well, I've not Re- seen it. So no, no, the Rebels. Sorry, Reb- so interesting. I'm glad you mentioned the Rebels because they were top of the overall Super Rugby table going into this weekend. They played my beloved Hurricanes uh, in Melbourne. Have you seen the? The highlights of the game? No, no, because this is the first proper match they've had. That is like tough team, isn't it? Did it is. Get, did they get their Did they get their ass handed to them? So after thirty minutes, Melbourne Rebels were leading nineteen eleven. Okay. After eighty minutes, it finished nineteen fifty <gasps> to Hurricanes. Oh, ouch! Including four tries for Ben Lamb. Four tries. Well, four, four tries for Ben That's, Lamb. So uh, impressive. It, it was competitive up to thirty minutes. Oh, wow! And then. Uh, Bowden, Jordy Barrett, Brad Shields, Gareth Evans, Lau Mappy. The highlight, the kind of two-minute highlights, is exceptional. And Ben Lan, who ran in uh, a couple of easy tries and a couple of good finishes. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that that's probably <laughs> it, it. Really lets you know after after kind of seven games uh, and you're top of the league, you play the Hurricanes and you know where you stand. Yeah, fair enough. The the, uh, the April Fool's gags, by the way, the the one about oh Geordie Barrett and Bowden Barrett both coming to Quinns as part oh. of the deal. Hey. Didn't see that one. There was some uh, there was some pretty. Uh, well, my favourite uh, Bowden, Bowden Barrett could really learn a thing or two from the greatest player of a generation, Marcus Smith. Hundred yeah, percent, he could. Hundred percent, he could. Um, my favourite April Fool's gag on Twitter this uh, this year. Would you believe it came from? The humorless EU. Have you seen, seen, seen that one? <laughs> no. The EU? Yeah. All, so the EU tweeted, or the European Parliament tweeted, uh, all future passports, uh, all future European passports to be printed in, in, in dark blue from now on. <laughs> Which I thought was excellent. <laughs> yeah, that's good banter. Uh, <laughs> good banter. Um, we've got a full full lineup of Premiership games, do we not, Tim? Yeah, we do. Well, just very briefly, a like, quick 30-second takeaway on the semi-finals. Then we have Racing versus Munster in Bordeaux, as you highlight. Machineau versus Murray, two meaty packs. Um, gut feeling on what you saw over the weekend? Machineau versus Murray. So we have, oh, we have already goodness. seen, because these two were group stage, weren't they? Yes. We've, and we've seen this in Paris. Yeah. Munster was, finished above them in the pool, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. but Munster lost in Paris yes, in, a, in a very, very close game. I'd love to go to this game in Bordeaux. Yeah. When is it? Two weeks away? It's the. Yeah. If I can, is it 21st of April that weekend? I think we could go. Yeah, it's not far away. Will you be working? Do you think you'll get. Uh, no, I'm not working that weekend. Well, I don't know, actually, because it depends on. It depends on where the the matches are and who which broadcaster gets what and if who they can get to what venue. They can get you to that venue. No, but um, no, I'm, I'm sure I will. If there, if there, are, I will have. A, if I have a game, it will be a Challenge Cup game. 
Uh, I'm not going to that. <laughs> Keep it, mate. Which is, uh, by the way, it's King's Home, Gloucester versus Newcastle. Yeah, fine, whatever. And um, um, two French teams, right? Yeah, so it's the weekend of the 20th, 21st, yeah. 22nd. Well, I, I actually know who's going to win the um, the Munster versus Russing game. Okay. I can, I, and I'll tell you after Tim tells you about Cornerstone. Cornerstone, the, fa- the finest razor you can get. There are other pretenders that have come on the market since Cornerstone have been there. We've had a three-year relationship with them. If you just joined us to the podcast or you've been listening for a while, you'll have heard us talking about them. They are German precision engineered razors, top quality. Um, Phil, you, you testify you use them quite regularly. They're a wet shave mal- malarkey. Very good. Very smooth. And the um, just not having to worry about uh, going out to the supermarket when you're desperate for a shave. Yeah. Un- you- un- unlocking, the safe- unlo- unlocking the safety cabinet. Yeah. Because people can't be trusted around razors now. Yeah. None of that. Uh, delivered direct to your door. And uh, I've recently been on, because I had my beard, I had to postpone my subscription and then restart my subscription. Oh, how was I that? Did- uh, incredibly easy website to... Uh, Maneuver, very very good service. Because so, there's zero obligation, you're not tied into anything. You can come and go as you please. But to have a, have a try and see why we are uh, rave about it so much, you can try it for the ridiculously low price of four quid because you listen to us, and that will get you your six precision engineered razors in a corner cornerstone presentation box. That will get you your free aluminium engraved shaft engraved with your initials or whatever you would like sent straight to you four quid that's less than a pint give it a go by going to egg chasers uh, sorry cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkout yes hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So, who's going to win? Uh, in Bordeaux, it's going to be Racing. Racing, I think. They're just so massive, aren't they? And it's in and Bordeaux and, and so on and so forth. They've got the X Factor. Now the the X factor, so they've got the, the the enormous pack and the controlling halfbacks. They then have X factor like Vakatawa, Mark Andrew, Leone Nakarawa. God, yeah. Um, Munster, their X factor. They've got Conor Murray, but they've got the kind of their X factor is more their team unit, their, their home ground. Their yeah, their home ground. Yeah, their fan base, their organization, their their set piece structure. I, do you know? <laughs> and Andrew Conway occasionally. But I'm not sure he'll do that again. Ever again. Um, I do wonder, though, like, you know, there is a sort of mercenary feel to Russing. You know, they are, they're very good, they're very big, but they can be a bit soft. I just don't, that is not the case with Munster. I mean, anyone led by Peter Omani, mm. maybe, even though I just said Russing can win it, maybe it's that team unity and that, you know, they're not taking a step backwards. Whatever happens, they're not going backwards. So, well, it's interesting because one of the best men for 
uh, Rassing. So Nakarawa was exceptional, but his starting second row partner, yes. Donica Ryan, he gives that kind of dogged edge. That why is that he not solidity. playing in Ireland? Do they not want him? I'm sure. That, I'm sure. I'm sure they just didn't want him. No, he wanted a payday. But it looks like he's worth every penny someone's paying him. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Whatever he's getting from Racing Metro, he's worth it. He's Racing ninety two. Racing ninety two. He adds that hard edge. So he, he's prob- so big and so strong. So the problem is, Ireland, the Ireland team only need two second rows basically. So you can't have every good sec- every good second row playing for every team. It's just, you know, it, someone's going to have to miss out on second rows. Uh, and the and bonus is, out on Ty, Ty Byrne will come in and he'll get loads of game time. Yeah. So yeah. it's good for Ireland. Ty, Ty Byrne, Henderson, James Ryan, Toner, oh. uh, Ultane Dillan. They're looking all right. Apart from Toner, all those... I think Hendo's probably the oldest at about 25, 26. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to they're take some stuff and come all come, they come are. Top, And the other semi-final, Leinster v Scarlets in the Aviva Stadium. Uh, this could be a cracker. I think it's easier to pick a winner in this game and it'll be Leinster at home. We said that about the semi-final last year, though. We did, we did. And it's... I would I would always back Leinster at home. But there's, I've just got this niggling feeling about Scarlets. I think Scarlets will do them. I really think Scarlets will do them. And we'll see. When I think it- they will get better and better. And they... What what's good for both of these teams is they haven't they're already qualified for the playoffs in the Pro Twelve pretty much, so they can rest players as and when they need over the next few weeks building up to this. Oh, it yeah, should be awesome. It should be really good. That's that is a big advantage being able to man- not, manage your squad better. Yeah. But it's not being played in Bordeaux, is it? That's the downside. Uh, yeah, it's being played. That's what swings it for me. But as you say, the semi final of the Pro Twelve last year. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Right. Yeah. You're right. We do have a full complement of uh, Avicii and Pro Twelve. Yes, games we do. I'm very excited about them. I'm very so, excited. Pro 14, I'll quickly fly through these. Friday night, we've got Edinburgh hosting Ulster. Okay. Which is a game I've been to the reverse... Well, I've been to that fixture last year and seen Ulster lose. Edinburgh are doing much better than they were last year. Ulster are doing even worse than they did last year. It's going to be one-way traffic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ospreys host Connacht, which is, I think, an Ospreys home Ospreys win. Ospreys win. Uh, Cheetahs host Cardiff Blues, home win. Yeah. Leinster ho- host Zebra, home win. win. Scarlets Glasgow. Um, Glasgow will have a full team out. Scarlets might take the opportunity to rest a couple of players. Mm, I'm not sure they will. Oh, I don't know. Well, that's an interest. That's interesting. I'm thinking if you were going to play your full team, I would play them in this match and rest them next. Next week, week. yeah, you may be right. So that'll be. That's probably the game of the week in the uh, in the Pro 14. For sure. Um, I'd say game of the week is probably going to be Treviso Dragons. <laughs> because <laughs> Treviso will win this. <laughs> means they've won 10 games in a season. They're currently, won, I think, won nine, lost nine. This would... Um, I mean, this, this is actually a real achievement. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's it, incredible. It genuinely is. We've been waiting for, oh, I don't know, 20 years for something like this? Question. Yeah. How much of this is down to uh, Conor O'Shea taking control of things at a bigger picture level? Yep. And how much of this is down to your support, your continued ongoing support of Benetton from the start of the oh, season? I mean, the two things are almost inseparable. Mm. Um, now, I actually interviewed Dean Budd in the Rugby Dungeon last week, yep. who is the captain of Treviso. 
Uh, and we spoke about this very thing, actually. And he said, interestingly... About that, your influence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, first of all, he thanked me. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, what he said is, interestingly, when... Um, was it Mark Brunel? He was in... Or Jack, Jack, Jack Brunel. Brunel. He's Mark Brunel. <laughs> he was a quarterback for the New, New York Jets, actually. Yeah, Mark, Mark Brunel. Third, third, third choice yeah. behind Sanchez and uh, Geno Smith. That's... No, 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 not Geno Smith. Geno Smith. He was, you know, he was behind G- Geno Smith, and then I think, I think he took over the backup role in New Orleans, uh, in New Orleans after that. Anyway, not him. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, Dean Bird had never actually met him. He'd never been to training, never been to games. Just doesn't see him. Just- Conor O'Shea apparently is there all the time, yeah. meeting people, chatting, doing Conor O'Shea style stuff. Yeah, uh, and it all sounds very, very, very positive. But um, in terms of how it's all joined up there. It's Treviso, and there's no kind of pathway for the players. You're just at Treviso, or you're not at Treviso, and that will be that. Mm. So yeah, it's, it was all quite it was all mm. rather, rather interesting. But it's a real, it's a real <clears> achievement, <throat> and I think that they'll hammer the dragons. And in summary, Conor O'Shea's had a bit of an impact. JB's had a, I think so. Had a first, fairly at, significant impact. At well. least equal impact to Conor. <laughs> at, at least, at least, yeah. at least. Uh, right. And then the final game, <clears throat> Southern Kings host Munster, which will be, I imagine, uh, a reserve Munster team. Yeah. Because the the distance they've got to travel, uh, and they'll still hammer the Southern Kings, who have actually started to get a bit better of late. You know, they won one They beat Dragons in South Africa, didn't they? Yep. So I don't know. read into that what you will. The Dragons situation, you know, like I was so so hopeful they'd be able to turn it around. Just the good news of all the new players coming in. I think Jackman's got some real spark about him, but just to go on this losing, just losing and losing and losing. Yeah, it's just... season. The, the season's all, they, they called it. They threw in the towel this season. But yeah, I mean, that's the most disappointing thing, isn't it? You'd have thought with all the good news around the club and the new pitch and this, that, and the other that they would kick on. And you, it's dreadful. With players coming in, there should be an incentive for the existing players to want to prove. Look, I, I'm the man in the shirt. I'm playing well. You've got to take it off me, rather than just rolling over and. Yeah, giving up. So, do you think Ross, Ross Moriarty must just check his phone after a Gloucester game every week? Oh, Here we yeah. go. Can't wait for this. Oh no. Oh, no. So, um, in terms of the Pro Pro Fourteen table, right? Listen to this. In fifth place in the Leinster Conference is Benetton. Right? They have they after this weekend. Hopefully, will have won ten, lost nine. Below them is Dragons. They have only won two. The gap between Benetton and Dragons is absolutely bloody enormous. Having said that, Dragons will probably beat Benetton now. <laughs> well, and, and also they'll go ahead of, yeah, ahead of Ulster. If the predictions go as we've just said, Benetton will leapfrog, leapfrog Ulster. I wonder if they can. They can't quite get Edinburgh. No, can they? no, they're not no. going to get the Champions Cup. No. <sighs> oh well. Right, Avicii. Avicii. Friday night. Uh, we were talking about going to this one, yeah, weren't we? we? I'm, well, I'm working there. Are we having oh, a yeah. team, team night out there? Yes. Yeah, I'll do that. It's your birthday weekend, JB. All right. Oh, hang on. This is the Friday the 6th. Oh, <clears> no. <throat> what? Oh, I just, I, I've been, take, I'm been taking away, taken away for my birthday on Friday. I'm going to miss the Sail Wasps game at home. Oh, I'm actually devastated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Where are you going? It doesn't matter, does it? It's well, not the AJ. No, no, I, I want to hear where is. I, I'm, I'm. It would be the nicer a place you're going, and then hearing how dis- disappointed you'll yeah. be to not be at the AJ Bell makes yeah. it funny. So, so I know 
I spoke to Layla before. I'm going to the Titanic Spa or something, which apparently no, is very- no, he's been flown with uh, Ibrahimovic and Castro Giovanni to <laughs> Las Vegas to yeah. go party, and rather, he would prefer to be in the AJ Bell stadium. Yeah. I'd rather go. Yeah, I'd rather go to uh, the to, to the AJ Bell this, this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, no team night out then. So, <laughs> so god damn it! Um, predictions for the Wasps sale game. Yeah, yeah. Um, sale will do them, I think. Uh, well, this kind of depends what happens on Thursday. Because not many games rest on the fitness and availability of a winger. <clears throat> but I think Denny Solomon is just so important. We are robbed of Solomon versus Wade. Well, that's if he's found guilty of being homophobic. Or having thrown out homophobic stuff. Yeah. yeah. Same, same difference. Yeah, yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. If yeah, you're right, actually. Uh, if, he, uh, if he's guilty, we're not going to see him probably till playoffs. Um, so what happened with Bastero, which I believe what's been alleged is the same, same word, word. Yeah. then it... it Bastero plead, uh, pleaded guilty. I don't know whether it was caught, or, but there's no ref. Doesn't appear to be any ref mic or any other players that can. So what do they do here? I mean, like, it, so it, it feels to me. Is it, it he said she? He said he said. Say yeah, he said, she said. But uh, well, who knows? I don't know how this works, right? Because if I'm him, and if I did say it, and there's no evidence, I'll just say no, I didn't say it. And then they say, well, he did say it. Yeah, well, it sounds like it, it'll, it's a foregone conclusion. This. Well, it'll come up to whether anyone else has heard it, won't it? It'll come to. That's what should, all, right, should, and and potentially I don't know whether this happened, but possibly maybe Solomon apologised to the player on the night. He I did. So uh, oh, he didn't, did he? So uh, well, from what I've read, Solomon and Shilcock it was made yeah. up after the game, uh, but because Shilcock complained that was caught on the ref's camera after about fifty minutes, oh, no. the, the uh, Premier Rugby or, or whoever it was. They're kind of duty bound to investigate the incident. Oh, well, when will these idiots learn? You whisper your insults. <laughs> well, well, just in... pick pick another word. Yeah. No, no. Say what you you're want, f- but whisper you're it. Fool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but whisper it. You with, charlatan with your hand over your mouth as well. <laughs> so, so not all oh, the cameras can pick up. Then he's been homophobic again. <laughs> <laughs> you just assume the worst all the time. Um, yeah, but there's no proof. Yeah, that's exactly. the brilliance of it. I don't exactly. think. He, I don't think because Byron McGuigan was on the bench for the last game when Sale completely ripped Worcester Worcester apart, and that's a pretty able yeah. reserve. I don't think that'll make a difference. I actually also think Sale will win. Steve Diamond's been doing his Steve Diamond kidology thing, and he said after the Worcester game, "Well, that's probably the last game of the season we've won." Then. Uh, we're not probably going to lose the rest because it's all big teams we're playing, so uh, that's probably it for us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Top four's way past us. We can't possibly do it. I, I think he's just. Well, uh, Steve Diamond doesn't, he doesn't believe that. He doesn't believe that. Well, the only re- no, he, he doesn't believe they're going to be in top four because they've not seen my board of destiny, which says so we're going to make make the top four. <laughs> I'm stunned by that. So they're going to they they have to win this because if they don't, they're not making top four. They, they'll be making top six. So. Hmm. But I think they should they should be. Uh, they should be winning this game at home to Wasps, who... Uh, They're yeah. beatable, aren't they? Wasps yeah, are definitely and, and beatable. Sale, sale away to anyone is a big big question mark. Sale at home to anyone is a... Well, they should they, yeah. they, should, they should look to win. Yeah. Without I'm any. actually going to go for Wasps, though. Because I think... You're going to go to the game? They've got the motivation from last year. No, he's mm. going to watch it on telly. Maybe. Of course. Oh, we'll see. The game's going to... I also think the Wasps fear Denny because he scored a hat-trick against them. Yeah. Well, I think that's his brilliant motivation. If you were hammered last year and Denny scoring were. A, yeah Denny scoring a hat trick was a hammering uh it's great motivation and they'll they'll also use the crazy crazy Leicester game 2 weeks ago as motivation so 
I think Wasp might sneak There's this. There's a few motivated Wasps in that side. Gaskell, former Sale. Um, <laughs> Tom Cruise was let go by Sale, and he's had a great season. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's all about opportunity. Hopefully Tommy Taylor's going to get back at some point soon. But um, yeah, I, I, I think Snail, Snail, I think Sale will sneak it. <laughs> JB saying Sale, Phil saying Wasps. Saturday. Saturday we have two o'clock kickoffs. Bath hosting Leicester. So many games with is that, so much on it. That's is that the, one the clash? Yeah. The clash. The clash. Uh, give me Leicester. Yeah. Sorry, who, who are they playing against? Bath, Bath Leicester. Leicester. Oh my God, Leicester are going to Leicester are going to make top, top four. four. Yeah, they're going to make top four. The standard Death Leicester. Death taxes and Leicester in the top four. Jesus. Yep. Then Northampton host Saracens. That's such a tasty game that because I think I think Bath well Bath probably can't make top four anyway. But yeah. if they lose that they're there's a question mark over top, top six. Top six? Yeah, there's already question marks over top six. So I th- if either team lose, loses that, I think they could respectively top six or top four could be yep. out of reach. Agreed. Ooh, huge. The other two o'clock kickoff is Northampton hosting Saracens. I, don't, I wouldn't want to be in, uh, be in a Northampton shirt. No. So Saracens, yeah. there'll be a backlash. Uh, and Northampton have received a couple of backlashes from Saracens this season. Oh, yes, yeah. they have. <laughs> be... Every time Northampton look like they're doing all right, Saracens. It's kind of yeah. like, like their their little pick me up. You know, yeah. some people go on holiday or whatever. Um, Saracens go go and play Northampton. Yeah. By the way, better. score fifty plus. By points. the way, since last week's podcast, I've got tweeted a bunch of pictures of the lift tower outside Franklin's Gardens. It's, it's like, a, it's having huge, said, I've never mentioned, never spotted it before. <laughs> it seen... is absolutely <laughs> impossible to miss. Yeah. Somehow I missed it. There's a glorious picture someone sent. Of, it's right right in the middle of the stand. <laughs> right in the middle of the stand. <laughs> about 150 feet in the air above the ground, above the stadium. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, yeah, Saracens. Saracens. Then we've got Quinns versus London Irish. London Irish are always so motivated by this game. Even if they're like they even if they were already relegated, they'd they'd be desperate to win this. So they they're they win four makes... four games left. They're ten points off Worcester who've had a they had their two good wins and they've had I think three big defeats since then. Seven lo- losing bonus points is pretty good as well. I'm hoping I'm hope um I think Oh, what the heck? I'm going to go for an Irish win. I'm not. Just because I'm trying to will that, that uh, yeah. running. I don't want... But a Tim Visser hat-trick for my fantasy team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be a foregone conclusion, the the relegation. So I would like a London Irish win, even though I do like Quinns as a team. Magic Marcus is probably going to yeah. score a hatful of points against my fantasy team in the semi-finals. And, um... I'll tell you what, some bloody big games coming up. I'm just looking then, at yeah. future fixtures now. Then Worcester hosts Newcastle, which Newcastle had a great win away at Breve this weekend. Uh, they also freshened up the side a little bit, so this I think Newcastle are going to comfortably beat, uh, beat Worcester. <laughs> the Newcastle A team, not that you can read in much into A teams anyway, but it's quite interesting. Like they had a bunch of names. It show, just shows how strong the squad is now. They hammered Leicester, so like by fifty odd points. Really, absolutely bastard them yesterday. Um, yeah. And they had lads like. Um, we say the A team that would have been Leicester didn't have a game in Europe. Yeah, Newcastle rested loads of their first teamers, sent a team to breathe, and had another team which. which yeah, it was like all lads like Adam Radwan. Um, is that how you say his name? They went to the, like, he was playing in breathe. I'm sure he played. Oh, I thought I thought he played yesterday. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Mamoz played for the <laughs> yeah. A team. Um, Don Waldock played for the A team. Uh, yeah, they um, they gave Leicester a bit of a pasting. So Newcastle will win. To cement their top four spot, top three spot. Well, if they win, I don't see how they don't make top four. Really, 
Yeah, I think Newcastle will comfortably win that. Well, they're all playing each other in future weeks. As you well, so Leicester... Friday, 27th of April, Leicester v Newcastle. Oh, tasty. Well, and then Newcastle play Sale. Ne- not this Friday, but next Friday. Yeah. Wow. wow. There's some wow, bloody wow, great wow. games coming up. Uh, yeah. Right, and then final game. On Sunday, 3 o'clock, Exeter host Gloucester. Exeter. Exeter. Give me Exeter. Exeter yes. to... That's a, that's a good, weekend's, um, good, good weekend's worth of rugby, that. Yeah. Now, it's all, now, it's, now all this European dross is out of the way. So how long are you away <laughs> for? Are you going to miss it all? One night. Oh, okay. you're, are you playing on the Saturday? Yeah, I've got to come home and play. Yeah. So that, that'll be that. And I'm going for some beers in town, which will be exciting. Hmm. Some birthday beers. Birthday beers. That's right. Uh, well, I think we've done a rather good job today, gents. Yeah, Congratulations, everyone. Pats on the back. Uh, <laughs> Another award. Another, for, yeah. One for you, Tim. One for you, JB. Yeah. And I think I'll give myself one. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Three awards in one podcast. Come and be blocked by us on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast. Um, come and look at, oh, I don't know, pictures of our awards on Instagram and Facebook <laughs> and everywhere else you can find us. Tell your mates, subscribe. And thanks for listening. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.